On today's Believe in Chicago Sports podcast, we break down the Bears' loss to the Titans, their third in a row. Can it get any worse? All that and a whole lot more on episode 18 coming at you now. Welcome in to the Believe in Chicago Sports Podcast, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one network for professionals. Dan Collins here with my buddy and co-host, Joey Gelman. You can find us on Twitter. He is at Joey Gelman. I am at Dan. Tweet Dan Collins, I'm sorry. Don't even know my own Twitter handle after watching that boring Bears game. What do I know? But yes, I am at Tweet Dan Collins. The show at Believe in Chicago. I don't know how you are listening to us now, but for your future listening, you could find us on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, just about wherever the hell you listen or get your podcast. Well, I guess we'll get right to it. It was a whole lot of fun. Psych watching the Bears today, but I will say this. There's not going to be too much complaining, I think, from my microphone, perhaps from Joey's. I don't know yet. Um... But I think that was a lot of what you really expected. I think that if you just rewind this podcast to its most current episode before this one, uh, when we preview this game, what did you really expect with what looked like was going to be to be a depleted offensive line, whether it be COVID related, injury related? They were saying it all throughout the broadcast. Dick Stockton was that it was a makeshift O-line and it really was. Um, And then you have. One of the ones who you would think to be the veterans out there in Charles Leno, who just likes to rack up penalties left and right anyways. Um, but either way, there's <laughs> not really much I expected. I was actually surprised, even though they were laying a goose egg for the majority of the game, that they were still somewhat in it because that defense did a magnificent job against Derrick Henry and the rest of the Titans. But we'll get to all that, of course. But I'll flip it over to my partner just to get his initial reaction as mine is just as simple as that. And I think most Bears fans, while probably still a little angry and want to maybe, you know, be a little more upset at this team for the reasons and perhaps thought there could have been a better effort out there. I'll start off with as simple as this. What did you really expect? Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I think it is exactly what we expected. And the Bears actually won the battle we asked them to win, which was against Derrick Henry in the running game. I mean, they Derrick Henry still had some bruising moments, but for the most part, really wasn't that big of a of a factor. Like this defense really bottled it up. The Titans, I know, used a bunch of different running backs to kind of mix and match to throw off the Bears' defense. But e- even so, they really held up their bargain. And, and I think we come away realizing the full truth about this team. And it's the story we've said all year. But it's it's. This defense has to win you games. They did everything in their power to do so, and they might have been a Kyle Fuller pick six away from doing that, which was dropped today. But it shouldn't have to be like that. And I know we'll we'll talk about that, and it's been a broken record for a year, for a decade, for five decades, whatever you want to call it. it. But I, I, I will say, when push came to shove, I was very encouraged by this defense, and having them stop one of the best running backs in all of football was was impressive but the storyline you know shifts easily again to another week where this offense is not good enough and 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 I know we can sit here and and pick apart an offense and go oh well it's just not that great it's not it's not doing what it's supposed to and that's one thing but it's the inept nature of this offense that's incredibly concerning that has announcers watching the game be like, what the hell is going on? Like, I'm bored calling this game. Do something. And we're on the couch saying, do something. And that's what it's amazing to me. It's not just us Bears fans who know the drill of having a good defense, sick of an okay offense, but it's not horrific like it is. Now the rest of the world is saying, holy crap, this is literally unwatchable. And that's that's a problem. I mean, unless three and outs are your thing then you were all about today's game on both sides for both teams. I mean, the, the Bears defense, incredible. It's a little weird to say that for at least the first half of the game, they were exceeding my expectations <laughs> because they, they were so close in it. Um, 10 to zero. So you're talking about 10 zero at halftime. It was three, nothing after the first. And there were only a couple scores away. <laughs> I mean, they were right in it after halftime, even though finally into the third quarter, when, 
uh, Tennessee put up their second touchdown and went up 17 to zero. That's about when you've thought about it. It was it. I was like, all right, well, it's finally starting to be unmanageable for them to get back in this thing. But the defense absolutely came up huge. It was a defense that if there was any little mini flaw they had against them, it was against the run, which is why me going in, just thinking about it that simply, you know, very simple minded on it. Well, Derrick Henry's going to put up a great game. And he didn't. He was fine. R- rushed for over half a century mark. But what was that? I think it was 68 he ended with. Yeah, it was 68 on the ground on 21 attempts. So not a crazy, you know, just outstanding performance from him by any means. But, yeah, just <laughs> this offense, when, when you watch it, I just – there was really no way to describe it but ugly and – if there's one thing that kept happening over and over again was anytime they got the beers, that is any little bit of momentum going on offense, you were just waiting for them to either get a big penalty called on themselves or some kind of turnover to come up. Something bad happened every single time they got a little bit of momentum, whether it be a false start or back to back false starts or, or a turnover, just there was, there was nothing going right. And it's because every time they started building up a little bit of momentum, this offense literally just isn't good enough unless it's, you're playing a prevent defense with garbage time late on the game, which, you know, they hung a a late garbage touchdown to Jimmy Graham. But, you know, if you rewind all that and you take away all those garbage yards at the end, and even that touchdown, just in everything leading up to those final moments of the game for the, for this bears team on offense, when they're facing a defense who is not going to be in prevent or prevent style, they just need two like getting five, six, seven, eight, nine plays in a row to work without a penalty or without some kind of turnover, wonky turnover coming in is literally just, it's too hard for them. It is literally too hard for them to accomplish. And one thing has to. One thing I guess you know could, could still be said about the offensive line. It's probably the most important thing to note that not only was it this makeshift offensive line, but due to COVID procedures and whatnot, that's also less time they had to practice together. So, if you were expecting disaster, and disaster is what you saw today from the offensive line, once again, what did you really expect? Now, another thing that I definitely want to bring up, and I would love to get your take on this, Joey, is when you're watching that game. That almost would have been a game more more suited. You know, it would have been well suited for if you're choosing just between Foles and Trubisky, probably Trubisky. Rather, he couldn't play because of the shoulder injury. So Foles is, Foles is what you got. And it, it's, it's, it's a mute point because, well, he couldn't suit up today. He's got a shoulder injury from the one Wildcat style play he ran last week. But week in and week out, especially now with the record falling to five and four and still in the playoff hunt. This team, while terrible, while not be able to hardly get anything going on offense and the rest of the season, you could probably be pessimistic about it. There's still a chance for them to make the playoffs, and I'm sure Matt Nagy definitely wants to. And part of me is starting to wonder again. It's been the, it's been the talking point all year. We knew it was going to be a talking point all year. Do we see our boy Mitchie again for more than even just wild, wildcat plays? Still a long way to go. I'm not even saying that's the way to do it, but... With the offensive line being what it is, and you know, hopefully you get guys back sooner or later from, from the COVID list and injuries and whatnot, and maybe you'll finally have your full array of starters out there, which isn't much to write home about anyways. But when you do get to that point, it's still a iffy offensive line to begin with. So do you finally go back, maybe bring in a guy like Mitch again, and instead when you bring him back for his second run this season – craft the offense to more what is better suited for him, getting the ball out quick, maybe some kind of simple eye formation or rollouts, things like that that Mitch was good with. Or I don't know because that's just one of the things that stuck out today is that that, that's what the takeaway is from today's game. It's not how how it went down because it's, it's no shocker how it did. It's how do we look at the little things that did happen and what does that mean going forward? Yeah, it, it it's a weird spot and and question. I mean, I, I I thought we put to bed everything with Mitch Trubisky, and you looked at it today, and there were some bootlegs. There's a bad offensive line. You got to accommodate and have your legs actually be able to move under you. And Foles can't can't do that. So could it have gone a little better with Mitch? Maybe. But then the other Maybe, argument, right. but the other argument you'd make is okay. As bad as it's been the last couple of weeks, 
Foles has been able to hit on those deep balls that Nagy's been waiting for to kind of get an offense going, which Mitch couldn't do. But, but sometimes you need time with that, right? Like, right. The only way the the Bears are even going to hit on more deep passes is if a guy like Foles can get more time. And right. And can't even do that. No. So I, but I don't know because it's – I'm just tired of making excuses for everything. Like I feel like, yes, it's a banged-up offensive line. you got to get better than in that, whether it's the draft, free agency next year. I, I know that's a priority. But right. it, it can't – and this may just be me being naive for not actually playing the sport. But it it, it can't be that – bad when you have a replacement offensive line in there because they're still in the NFL. It's not like I grabbed a guy off the street. Like these guys are practicing every day. I just I, I know it's gonna be tougher, but it shouldn't be this bad to where again you can't get anything going and you have fifty six rushing yards again across what, five guys including Mingo. I mean yeah. it's it's just it's it's He just, was the leading rusher for a while, Into the third quarter, wasn't he? Wasn't it's, it? All, we were in the second half, and he was still standing as the Bears' leading rusher. It's bad. So, so, so I think that's just. I, I, I know they're a, a easy thing to pick on, and rightfully so, because it, it stymies an offense like that. But there's just it's just an overall story of a lack of urgency, miscommunication, penalties, yeah, w- wasting timeouts when you need them at the end of the first half like they did today after their after their fake punt like how, yeah. how do you do that and so I, there's just there's too many questions now on everything where it, instead of just falling back on the quarterback question cuz it's a big one I, I get it but there's a lot more to it to where i say okay a lot of these skill players that i thought let's say were second tier in the league out of they're not no one's Mahomes and Kelsey and them but like okay maybe they're like a second tier group now that talent wise they're kind of a third tier and I, I'm I'm realizing that if, if these guys can't even get open what are, what are we doing here that's a good question right <laughs> they didn't reach the red zone until the very the t- until the final whistle of the third quarter they opened up the fourth quarter finally in the red zone where they hadn't been the entire game something that comes to mind is this has to be getting exhausting for Matt Nagy right like it's getting to the point now where his his rookie season as a head coach with the Bears that's starting to really wear out more and more week after week had the eight and eight season last year you're one game away from falling to 500 again and there, he has to start feeling even just a little desperate himself to get back on the right track, doesn't he? Especially with the way the first year went. He was the savior. He was finally the coach who was going to put it all together and bring some offense to the city. Last year, didn't go so well. You end at 8-8. Eight and eight. This year, if you don't strain it out, you'll probably end lower than 500. Unless, of course, you strain it out a little bit. I don't know. Still a lot of football left to be played. More than half a season or... Less than half a season, actually. Where am I? I'm already nine games in. Can't even do math anymore. Um, but it's getting to the point now where I'm just wondering where his mindset is and what his plans are moving forward with this team. I'm sure if you ask a lot of Bears faithful, it's, a, oh, you know, his plans are run the ball not too much and screen pass, screen pass. But, I mean, really, for for a coach like him who was – he was riding hot after that first winning season and it seems to be wearing thinner. It's getting thinner and thinner and thinner. And you have to ask yourself, what, what are his plans moving forward? <laughs> and it, it's weird that you know the Bears fall to five and four here, still in the playoff race. And it seems like you and me both both had real big picture ideas here. Like we're almost already fast forwarding to the end of the season. Of all right, well this is literally it's not an excuse anymore. It's a reason. The offensive line, I know, it was makeshift today. Even when it's not a makeshift line, and you get full weeks worth of practice, not that good. Needs to be fixed. This is already season ending type of issues we're getting into here with fixing the line who freaking knows about quarterback anymore and fixing the run game all of that which come together i think we have good enough skill position players i like alan robinson i like i like mooney like i I think we have enough out there do they get open enough Uh, do we have enough time i mean (laughs) there's so there's so many things that that go into it um anthony miller please hold on to the ball next time (laughs) that's not Um, allowed he had a couple but, good weeks, and then no. Yeah, but I, I think it's less on them. I really do think it's less on them. I mean, the offensive line needs to give them some time to get open. They need to create yeah. holes for the run game, makeshift or not. They haven't done that all year. 
And what the heck do you know? Here we are at five and four, and the rest of the season, you really have to ask yourself, what's a reasonable expectation? And that's one thing. It's just been the week in and week out thing that I always like to hit on. It's you really have to set your expectations week in and week out for this Bears team. And I think that for good enough reason, not living in the heat of the moment, the expectations are getting smaller and smaller and smaller. At this point, if you don't even reach the postseason, I don't think it's even going to be that big of a shock. The expectation for me now with this Bears team is you could probably, especially with this defense, grind out a playoff spot. But in order for this team to make the playoffs, they're going to have to grind it out. <laughs> they're going to have to grind it out the rest of the way. And technically, there was something they did today that I didn't think they would do. They were only one score away from tying it away. They were an onside kick and a score away from tying it. But if you look at if you're just strictly looking at the box score, it doesn't tell the whole picture. No way. <laughs> it's not even close. No, not and at all. It was a lot closer than it seemed, but that's just because Tennessee, for whatever reason, just could not get any little bit of offense going themselves right. consistently. It was like I said, it was a game of three and outs. If three and outs are your thing, <laughs> you love this game. But I'm sorry that the reset expectations like we like to do week in and week out. And I, I think it's realistic is in order for this team to make the postseason, we already know about the de- We already know the defense is going to take them the rest of the way. If, if that's the case, they're going to, they're going to lead this team. Hopefully they stay a healthy enough unit, but they have to grind it out. It's, it's they're going to have to, I don't know what they're going to do. The, the offense is never going to be exciting either <laughs> for the rest of this. But season, it's at least got to be, be average. I mean, this was the exact formula you wanted today of the defense dominated Tennessee. But you, but but you, you look. You can't at, be an average offense with a below average offensive line and quarterback. Yeah, I guess. But that's the problem. Is like what you said earlier. It's like okay, we're sitting here. The defense is playing a really good game. The score gets to ten nothing, ten nothing, and you go, "Wow, it's that's, over. That's insurmountable." And that's that's the most embarrassing sentence to say. That's a touchdown and a field goal. That's it. And it already felt like you were down thirty to nothing. And that's a problem. And every time it could have been seven to zero, it would have felt like right. you were down. And so, the, and so, that's the storyline of when, when I think you you assess each week, game by game, including today, and the overall picture is everything keeps regressing each week. It's supposed to be progressing and moving forward. Whether it was Trubisky, whether it was with this offense, whether it was certain things with the defense, and you're seeing each week that well, the defense is staying pretty, pretty, pretty much along the the same plane. Yeah. Offensively, it's getting worse and worse and worse, and that's what concerns me. If I, 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 I don't understand how it can keep getting worse. Like it, it, it's like a national storyline of how inept this this team is to where again you're facing better and better opponents. Right, but again, they didn't score in the third quarter, and again, you're, you're scoreless till the third quarter, and it's like it, it's like it's almost like a running joke for them. Are they going to do it? Are they going to score in the third quarter? They couldn't possibly do it another week in a row, and it's like they can't. They cannot. I, I don't know. Did did you catch the the Lauren the Laura Oakman comments about Foles and Nagy in the broadcast? I honestly didn't. So I've been trying to find it on Twitter because only a couple people have talked about it. I feel like it's really it was a really good analogy and important. And it was it was talking about Nagy and and Nick Foles and how yes they were together in Philly they were together in KC now they're together in Chicago and that's that that's that whole story on the Bears want to tell you of this guy knows the Nagy system and can run it to a T. But in what she was talking about the reality was Nagy has never coached Nick Foles in this capacity. He's never right. been his play caller, his conduit, his go to his go to guy. And she made the right. point of. It'd be like, you know, she said, it's like Foles and Neggy are dating. And it would be if they were they, they were good friends before and they got along really well. But then they started dating. And you learn new things <laughs> about that about that significant other when you start dating them. Good, bad, or ugly, indifferent. And I was like, that's a brilliant analogy because it, it, it's true. Of There's this whole narrative of how Foles is the perfect guy to fit this system. No matter if Cam Newton was out there, no matter if a better quarterback was out there to pick up, you wanted this guy because it mar- that, that marriage was there. But the reality is, as much as they were together before, it's turning out that this marriage is not made in heaven here. It's, it's not a match made in heaven. It's not working to the level you wanted it to be. And you're learning that 
as we go along of even whether it's the Brian Greasy comments or what you see in the field, there's a little bit of a disconnect there. And, and, and I think that's a really big story because it's, you know, when, when we talk about drafting and you go, can you draft the guy that fits your team in the system or you draft the best guy available? Are you taking Tyrus Thomas or are you taking LaMarcus Aldridge? You took Tyrus Thomas. And I feel like this is the scenario, again, is you're, you're choosing guy and scheme over sheer talent and ability to win you a game. And it's coming back to bite them that they're so invested in this Matt Nagy thing and this system that it's, it, it's blinding them to the reality of, it's not working, and it's getting worse. And so, yeah, 2018 was awesome, but 2019 was bad. 2020 is getting to be worse, and you're left now without even an idea of who the hell is going to be your quarterback over the next five years. It's a really big problem. And so I, I think there needs to be a recalibration here of, of, of what you have because it's not this marriage moving forward. And for the rest of this year, it's going to be fascinating to see what that what that turns into because it's not all hunky-dory. It's not what we were told it was supposed to be. I think that's, that's a spot-on analogy. I would retweet that any day of the week, so I totally agree with you. And you're right. The, the fact is this relationship, or if you want to just to bring back that analogy, analogy that you were discussing, the marriage was never there. Right. Like to that capacity, they never had that kind of working relationship with each other. It's not like they worked together in Philly and Matt Nagy was the one reeling in play after play after play to him. Same thing with whether it be Kansas City, anywhere. This was the first time at that capacity they had a familiar relationship with each other and probably the relationship that they had easy enough to stay buddy buddy because there was there was less stock put into each other you know there was there was less that was that was you know happening when now it's just a totally different type of situation and it's true but you also go back to the point you just made now about them going all in on their guy Matt Nagy because all right whatever makes the most sense for this guy we brought him in for this reason whatever player makes the most sense that's available all right let's bring him into this reason or let's bring him in for this reason it's just not <laughs> it's not going to work. It's what I'm what I'm finding out here, and it kind of sucks. And I I do want an offensive minded head coach in Chicago. I do. And maybe that's Matt Nagy, maybe it's not. But for the Bears to finally be relevant on offense, to the for the Bears to finally consistently be exciting on offense, catch up with the rest of the league here, you need the players, right? Having an offensive minded head coach or just offensive coordinator, whatever, is fun. If you could get a big name, Matt Nagy came in as not necessarily a big name, but one of the up-and-coming offensive geniuses, air quotes. Um, and who knows? Maybe eventually he'll, he'll become that. But you're going to need the players. You're going to need the O-line. You're going to need the quarterback. You're going to need the position players. It all comes down – it comes it comes more down to that, right? That's, that's one thing I'm learning. And it sounds like a no-shit comment, but – it's one thing I'm truly learning here as a Bears fan is you can't just bring in a coach and think that he puts a little pieces here and there, and that's automatically what's definitely going to turn around. You need the players. You need the offensive line. You need the quarterback. We thought we had the quarterback. We thought we were kind of piecing together the O-line with drafting James Daniels and Cody White here, both, what, second-round picks. Don't, don't do it in the first round, but – Good enough to draft some O-line O-linemen in the in the second round. But we thought we were kind of doing that. You know, we thought we were piecing together a good O-line. We thought we brought in the offensive genius. We thought we, the Bears, thought that they drafted the right guy at quarterback, but it didn't work out that way. And then they bring in a free agent who they thought would have worked hand in hand with Matt Nagy because of the relationship they had, even though, like you just said, bringing back that analogy that was made during the game, they never we're at that type of relationship level anyways. So it's where you're at. It's weird. Week in and week out, you start just thinking bigger picture with this Bears with this Bears team because you start getting more and more pessimistic. And for, I think, the, the results are there on the field. <laughs> There's nothing to show you what. And I think that if one thing is for sure, definitely for the remainder of this year, Matt Nagy isn't going to fix this offense for the rest of the year. He might figure it out to where – they could get a little bit more in a better rhythm to where we could start putting some more points up on the board to where maybe we could consistently at least threaten to make some 
points to score some points in the third quarter and that doesn't become a joke anymore. <laughs> but I think if one thing's for sure, he's not going to fix this thing by the end of this year. He's just not. He's probably not even going to become close to fixing this. The best he could probably do is go from what how you were wording it, that regression, to somehow turn it around and slowly progress it. That's probably about the only that's 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 a glass half full view too, if if you ask me. I think that's the best you can ask for is just to turn this thing around and slowly get back on the incline instead of staying on the decline. And once again, expectations. I think those are the appropriate expectations they have. Yeah, but that's what you're supposed to do when you made the switch to Nick Foles and it's only gotten worse. So that's where I don't know what you do now. It, you, you, do you do you talk to Mitch? Do you go? To, but Nick I mean, didn't work, right? So I, I hear you. But the whole thing with making the the switch to Nick Foles is it doesn't work that well, or it didn't work out that well, right? I mean, everyone's been saying if the, if Trubisky was in the game these last couple of games, it would have been like just complete ridicule of him and nothing on Matt Nagy. And now, it, it, I think I think that's why we can talk about this in the bigger picture. It's because now we've seen Matt Nagy with. The quarterback that was supposed to be his guy and built up, and then the quarterback that was his system guy. It's the same reason why Chase Daniel was here last year. Oh of, gosh, of the the, the the highest paid backup ever in the history. But he's the system; he could teach it. Great, but getting on the field. I, I mean, I know he won him a game in Detroit, but it's like yeah. there was nothing special there. And there, there's so much importance put into knowing this system. Versus being really good at the at the sport, it's it's just kind of weird. It's like we are, haven't even seen the system executed yet. Right. <laughs> it's it's like are are you taking someone who's an expert in the triangle offense, or are you taking Michael Jordan to learn the tri- like? Thank you. It it, it it doesn't make sense to me. Like you can't choose system over player. You gotta choose the player every time. Yeah. Also, is this system so damn well that when we finally get all the players to do it, and when we finally are able to execute it is this system that damn good that it's just going to win us football game after football game i bet you any money if you have the right amount of players to execute it, it might work out pretty damn well but like you said it starts with getting the players it brings even back to my point i just made earlier you're going to need the players you're going to need the o-line you're going to need the quarterback you're going it starts there first it's not just the coach who's going to come in and put it all together. You still need the players. And more to your point where that's why you choose player over system, probably the overwhelming majority of the time, especially depending on the talent of that player. Do they finally start going that route? I don't know because that's a good point. And maybe we're going way too far down the road here. But come the offseason, whatever moves they make, is it going to – circle back to because it's a system thing and it's a Matt Nagy thing, or is it going to be because this is just the best player available, period, no matter what position that's going to be? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. I mean, I I, I don't want to look ahead. I know there's a half a season left. I know they're probably going to make the playoffs. I, I get that, but there's just, there's such this nagging feeling among all of us Bears fans of like, we, we, we know where this is headed, and, yeah. and, and it's going to be a playoff <laughs> game that ends like it probably did today, where your defense has to do everything right and a dropped interception is going to cost you the game. Not because it's close or because it was a stupid missed play, but it's because that's the only way you're going to get a meaningful touchdown in an important game. And that's kind of sad. Well, we're not at the point yet where it's, shit, this didn't work, but we are definitely at the point where, shit, this really isn't working. So something has to be done. Manegi most definitely probably has a little bit more time in Chicago. That's fine. A couple of these other position players probably have a little bit more time in Chicago. That's fine. But what you're going to do moving forward and how you're going to put this all together, whether it be free agency, draft, or just mixing up the game plan with the players you already have, and that's more or less talking about now in the current moment where we are with still a regular season to finish and hopefully at least one postseason game to play, hopefully, just for our own viewing viewing excitement. Um, yeah, but you know, the, the, I guess the, the the outcome I'll root for for the remainder of the season is going is going to be the outcome that when season when the season does come to an end, whether it be in the regular season or the postseason, we figure out what we really really have and it's going to push the envelope to correct it. How are we going to correct this? I don't know because, like I said. 
We are really on the scary path of shit. This is not working. Yeah, I hope you're right. I just, I, I just feel ba- like, how, like, what do you think if you're Akeem Hicks, or what do you think if you're anyone on Matt? Right, and it's like we're we're literally playing our ass off. And it'd be one thing if the offense had a few sputtering drives, but could score, I don't know, seventeen points when they actually matter. But they, they like, you know, they can't even get a sequence of plays together to get a first down. Well, here's a bad. Here, here's just a cringy, cringy thing for you, and maybe I'm wrong, and I'll be completely transparent. I haven't really looked back at these numbers yet to compare. I know sometimes you'll bring up somebody will will tweet out a wonky stat, you know, comparing Negi's first set of games, first twenty plus games, like a Tressman or you know a Fox or something like that. But honestly, let me ask you this: <laughs> Is this one of the worst Bears offenses you've seen in the past five, six seasons? Maybe I'm sure if you even just rewind, if you just take the last five seasons, you could probably find an offense somewhere there. Even if you're getting more closer to the first two or three, which would be pre Negi, they might have been better. <laughs> like it might have been a better Bears offense, and that's not saying much. Good Bears and offense all in that sentence don't really ever match up. But this offense is really damn bad. Like they're really bad. We're we're nine we're nine games in. It's not that good. Like you said, you go down 10 to 0, you feel like it's 40 to 0. Okay, maybe like 30 to 0. But still, 10 to 0 feels like an insurmountable yeah. amount of points to catch up to. It, it's a it's a pretty bad offense. It feels worse. I I, I think because you, you Yeah, I, I think because you knew no matter what, whether it was with Lovey and the scariness it was Mark Tressman and even John Fox, you knew no matter what, your defense was good and you had a running game. And the biggest complaint I think we always had was, oh, my God, they run the ball so much. Why don't they throw more? Why, why don't they catch up to the league? But they, they had an identity of, of a Thomas Jones, a Matt Forte, yeah. a Jordan, even, even Jordan Howard. And, yeah. and, and, and you had the, these guys that carried you the load. Put together for, right, to carry the load for a little bit. And, and, and I think yeah. there's zero running game now. And so that's why it makes it so much worse is – Everything's now on the on the passing game, and you have nothing. And I think too, we were promised and told how good this was supposed to be, and it's never ever lived up to the the expectation. And probably as bad as Tressman was, and as I don't know, average I would say Jay Cutler's career was as a bear. There Very was average. there, but but there was a little uptick of. Someone like Jay Cutler could have a little magic at times and, yeah. and, and string together some drives where now you're seeing something in Nick, Nick Foles or Trubisky or what it was, Mike Glennon. And it was like, you just don't have an answer with anyone in, in, in the passing game. It's just, it's, I, I, think, I think you're right. I, I, sorry to go around about it, but I, I, I think you're right. I think it's as pissed off as we've always been at this offense, it's never been this bad it's never been this dysfunctional I, I I've, I've never seen anything like it where you can't get a single thing to work for three or four weeks now i've never Man, seen it you brought up matt forte yeah remember when we had a, a run game somebody you could actually pass out of the backfield to and trust that it would work hell we were better with we were better with jordan howard was on the team in terms of just strictly talking about any type of run production we were better when he was on the team we were better when he was on the team and we didn't even want to go to him we were a better team in terms of running the football it's wild <laughs> i just i just don't understand it we bring in david montgomery and like i said it's hard it's hard to run through holes that are not there i get it but just nothing's working with it, and you bring him in because he was the guy. Once, why do you? Why'd you get rid of Jordan Howard and draft David Montgomery in the first place? Goes back to your point. It's Matt Nagy's type of player. It's why the it's, Bears traded Greg Olson because he didn't fit Mike Martz's scheme. It's the same damn thing. It makes no sense. It's why you draft I, Shane McClellan to fit your defense. What the hell are you doing? Butter Chicken Road or whatever, wherever he was from. Do you remember that? He was like from Quarter Chicken Road or Butter Chicken Road or something like that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, yeah, I don't know. You think he'd learn right. by now, right? You would think, and I get it. And if you're maybe, if you're already a really good team, then perhaps that's when you do the whole 
draft for system needs or free agency is more for your system, but you probably already have a really good offensive line who can at least protect you. And you probably already have a quarterback who's intelligent enough and talented enough. And then when you build out the system and it's position players who meet your schemes, that probably makes more sense than we just don't even have the, the O line and the quarterback to start. There. Right. But we they thought they were there, decades. but they thought they were there in 2018, well, making that yeah, playoff run. Yeah. Right. But that uh-huh. playoff run recalibrated everything for the bears of this is our window. And we're supposed to win a super bowl the next three years. And that changed everything. Good luck doing that. Yeah, it's not going to happen, but the window is probably, it's weird. I don't even know what the window is. Is the window, is it even a window if it exists just because strictly because of how good this defense is? I think you still need to, you need to bring in good enough players on offense, primarily quarterback to have any kind of window. You can't talk about having a championship window. If you have a below the middle of the road pack quarterback, but they, didn't, but they didn't think outside the top 20. You can't say you have a championship. Right, but they didn't window. think that. That over. Right, but they didn't think that when they drafted Trubisky and he took him to the right. first round of the playoffs and you go, oh, he can only go up from here. The problem is he only went down from there. Right. That's what I'm saying is you thought maybe at worst he's like a top 15 quarterback or maybe at worst if he's not this year, Nick Foles would be good enough and he's at least going to game manage. No, None of that is true. None of it is. Nick Foles had... One good stint so far when he came in and he had be, to come back against the Falcons. You'd be better with Kyle Orton right now. Probably. I mean, I, it sounds stupid, but it's... Well, this show went off the rails. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, everyone. the rails. We, we the Bears played the to Titans today, if anyone forgot. That's what we were supposed yes. to talk about. And then we, we went all the way back to Matt Forte and Kyle Orton. It's the truth, though. I mean, it helps put, put it into perspective, especially... And just a Bears fan perspective of everything you have here and the and your memory with the Ordens and the Fortes and the Jordan Howards, if you even don't go way back. And it's just weird to think, yeah, that was probably better to watch still. It's I don't know. I think I think it's a real question you have to ask yourself is do we truly have this championship window we'd like to think we have? The the answer to me, I don't care how damn good this defense is. Because they've been freaking awesome week after week, and it doesn't matter. How do I know? Look at the L's that have been put up for the past few weeks already. It just It's not good enough. We realistically will not have a championship window unless we get a good enough quarterback. If you bring in a good enough quarterback tomorrow, obviously won't happen, then yeah, the, the window is created. But that window is now closed because we don't have a good enough offense starting at quarterback and O-line. There is no championship window if you don't have an offensive line and you don't have a quarterback. I don't care how good the defense is. It's non-existent. You're not going to score points. No, you're right. And 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 that's what's so crappy about this is you built a five-year window just for that. And you bet everything on Trubisky. The window's now closed. Right. To me, it's legitimately closed. So wh- You can open it back up. Yeah. You just don't have the players So why? So why closed. does – but why does this team like, – like, like, why is someone like Ryan Pace so – well, I don't know if I'll say so good, but yeah, I'll give them credit. They're, they're, they're so good at building a defense that is this dominant. But the other side of the ball is just a mystery to them. I know it's in Bears history to do that. I get it. Maybe they're sticking on brand. But it doesn't make sense how you can be that good of a talent evaluator on one side of the ball. And offense is just complete miss after miss after miss. I'll answer that question. The Like you said, Pace put together... A- hell of a defense in terms of offense he did okay to above average and bringing in some good position players whether it be a robinson or a mooney or a miller say what you will i think he did pretty good there too but he did absolutely terrible and bringing in a quarterback he failed that's an f if you just go on offense position players c plus maybe even a b minus b range in position players offensive line Maybe a C, C plus. We referenced White here and Daniels earlier, who he drafted in the second round. But what about a first round pick there? Maybe what about picking somebody up in free agency or via trade? Which it's a lot easier to build it through the draft. I understand that, but he's probably average in in putting that line together. Probably above average in getting position players, but quarterback <laughs> he he legitimately failed 
tremendously, and that's going to set you way back. You couple failing at getting a quarterback with an okayish job that you did with putting together an O-line, and it's not going to be too good. And that's exactly where we're at. So it's not really offense he can't pick. It's he did. He's done a really bad job in putting together a strong enough offensive line and quarterback. Now, if he chose the right quarterback along with the position players he's put out there, then the only thing you could really complain about is what he's done with the offensive line. It just needs to get better. But you'd have a hell of a lot more faith in him to go out and, and finish up the last little bits and pieces of the offense, probably arguably the most important, that offensive line, right? But you'd probably have more faith in him to fix the offensive line if he got if he if he drafted or somehow found the right quarterback for the job, but he didn't. Yeah, and it's his, it's his failure at quarterback. Now you think, could this guy really go out and ever find us a quarterback or fix this offensive line? It's too big of an ear to now have any realistic faith in him that he will go out and correct both. Right, it's the most important position in, in all sports, and he got it wrong three times on yes. one team. And so it, it's listen. I mean, when it goes to the offensive line, like I. Th- they're okay. I, I I think they've overvalued Charles Leno for years, but they're not going to yes. admit that. I don't know why. But but no, uh, Ryan Pace, when he was hired, said he wants to draft a quarterback every year. If he did that, then the odds would have been in his favor. One of them would yeah. have probably worked, but yeah. he didn't do that. He never did. And the only quarterback he drafted was Mitchell yeah. Trubisky. And so when you start with... Right. So when you start with a Mike Glennon, a Mitch Trubisky, a Nick Foles... You don't have a lot to fall back on if that doesn't work, and he, they didn't set themselves up well to 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 make it not such a big mistake. If, if Mr. Trubisky fails, but you drafted a guy the next year just to have insurance that's not Tyler Bray, and he made and this guy turns out to be the next Kyler Murray, you're you're in business. But it it it, it didn't it didn't happen. There's not that farm system that they've built up. To where you you stumble upon a guy and he becomes a really good player and, and and it's it's sad it's really sad because you 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 primed yourself to be really good in this window and it's just not going to to be the case and I I'm not calling for cleaning house and firings and, and, and anything like that right now but it's 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 a really interesting conversation to keep seeing what happens each week. Of, of where this team is going to go. Because they clearly told you, we missed on the Mitch Trubisky draft pick. So what does that mean for everything? What does that mean for everyone? It's, it's not going to be Nick Foles for the next four years. No way. And you thought this was going to be a boring, a boring show to recap. You thought wrong, my friend. It's I, never I boring. It's, I hear you. No, even... You know, when you really sit back and discuss the game like we're doing now, it brings up a lot of those. It's a lot of those wounds, <laughs> a lot that you're still trying to piece together. Ones from the past, ones currently now, and it, it's sad. Just week in and week out, it, it all just really comes down to to me. It's quarterback. I know the offensive line sucked today. It was it was, you know, an offensive line that was just put together on the whim with. COVID restrictions, injuries, didn't even have a whole lot of time to practice because of COVID restrictions. Understand that. But moving forward, hopefully wishing nothing but health to the offensive line. You get them all back together again. Get the band back together again. See if they progress by any 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 little bit. Don't know if they will. But to me, O-line's going to be shaky the rest of the year. You struck out on quarterback multiple times. You get games like this, yeah. But but you gotta you gotta figure out a formula then moving forward. I mean, I I, I mean the Vikings are 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 beatable this year. I know they've kind of waved the white flag, but but it's it's coming to that point where okay, now you're starting to face the Packers who can score. You're going to face the Texans who can score. You're going to face the Lions again who can score. And it's all these teams of your defense is going to be great. We we already know that, but it can't bail you out every time. And and that was always the storyline of we have to shorten the talent gap between the Bears and the Packers, and the Packers were winning the division year after year after year. And you started to, but you're still you're still behind offensively. And I mean, as long as Aaron Rodgers are gonna be who they are, but but it's Oh, it's, as long as they have a good quarterback? Yeah, what a novel nice. concept. So but Must but but nice. but it's it, it's just you're 
you're still way, way, way behind in that category offensively, and it's very, very frustrating every damn week to sit down and watch the same story over and over and over again. Yeah. It's weird. It's it's just so it's like weird. Kinda, like, like it's it's hard for them to be this bad each week, you know? Yeah. The, the worst part is like just seeing back to back to back fantastic defensive series. Just for example, defense will go out there and they'll cause three straight three and outs. The Bears get the ball back, but you know the Bears aren't going to do anything. <laughs> it's almost sad to see the defense run out there and get a quick three and out because you just ask yourself, all right, well, what is it going to amount to? Nothing. Very little. And it's just where we're at. It's it's tough to watch. It, you see just phenomenal players on defense for the Bears, Akeem Hicks, Cleo Mack, who didn't necessarily have a great game today, but you're talking about a future Hall of Famer there. They got the talent on defense. They really do. But they make sure the ball gets back in the offensive hands, and sadly to say, they just never do much. Yeah, and and unfortunately, we got to the point now where the Bears did exactly what they said, or excuse me, what we said they couldn't do, and it was this three-game stretch of going 0-3, and that's a really big deal. And I know this this 5-1 start gave them a nice cushion, and they played really bad teams, but these three games really showed the, the the rest of the league and us as Bears fans of what this team is kind of made of. And and I just, I'm not trying to be Mr. Debbie Downer here. I just, I, just, I, I worry they can't get out of their own way and, and, and fix this, even if the opponents aren't that great, because they're literally can only rely on the defense to, to score them a point. They have no running game. They have no passing game. They have no even special teams threat. I mean, I, I'm I, I'm so tired of the Cordero Patterson narrative. Like it's it's I know he's really good, but between the rule changes and where he is in his career, this is not Devin Hester. This is not a guy that's gonna take one to the yeah. house and, and and change your life. If anything, he's gonna return it nine times out of ten and get they it. Maybe strategically the kicked away from him to because to <laughs> they knew because they knew that's all they had. That's sad. Yeah. If if we take that little bit of hope out there, even though, like you said, it is a changed game and it's not Devin Hester back there, even though you wish it was. Granite's still a good player, but just take away that little bit of hope, kick it to this guy over here on the 20, we'll be fine. Well, we'd rather take that because that, that only little glimpse of hope is probably the only little chance you have to beat us. We'll take that out. Like, shows shows you where you're at. And also, once again, this is the second week in a row, I want to say, where we're legitimately discussing of course once the shoulder's good enough we don't i don't know how long it's going to take with mitch trubisky but you're legitimately discussing a mitch trubisky return for the second week in a row i legitimately say that that goes to show you exactly where you are as a bears team simple as that yeah that's that that's about all i can say about it too i mean that it's it's the same old song and dance each week of, of you're, you're realizing truly what this team is capable of. and We'll keep playing the jukebox, though. Yeah. We'll, we'll keep putting the quarters in. I, I, we're we're suckers for it. Yeah, I'll sit down every Sunday and, and, and think this is the greatest team in the world and they're going to be world beaters and, and win and then be really, really disappointed again. But yeah, it's, we'll it, be that, there. that's what we've signed up for because when they do win, it'll be the sweetest damn thing in the world. Well, because of all this misery, yes, <laughs> that that's about it. But we'll see. We'll we'll, we'll see when we get there. I, I don't know. It, it's going to be a while. It's this the, the thing that sucks the most, especially when I talk about watching the defense just give effort after effort after effort, is because could we please win one for one of these dominant Bears defenses once? Please, can we please? But it seems like once again, no. The only Bears defense that. Ever in the history gets a reap of the benefits from being freaking awesome was 85-86. No other Bears team, no other dominant Bears defense got to reap the benefits of a Super Bowl. It's that simple. Yeah, not yet. Not, not yet, yet, but but you're, you're, you're getting close here of going the entirety of Brian Erlacher's career to Khalil Mack's career of, that's what, 20 years without anything well, to show simple. for it. It's just simple, though, and it's great to have defenses, you know, last for five, six, seven years and keep you in the championship window because of that. Just find the right quarterback. 
just find the right quarterback and everything else will f- you'll figure it out. Like if you can find a top five and that that's a hard ass task. I understand it. But if you can at least find a franchise guy for as long as Mahomes is with the Chiefs, which is going to be a long time apparently, they'll be able to work something out. Even even once position player good position players go and you see the Kelsey's move on and you, you could build as you go along with that thing because you have a one of a kind quarterback. But Look at the Packers all these years with Favre, then turning it over to Rodgers. We talk about it all the time. Drew Brees with the Saints, Tom Brady with the Patriots, now with the Bucks. But it's if you could find a franchise guy, just find a franchise guy, and championship windows could come and go like that. It's that right? easy? We, just find one? <laughs> but you know what? It's going to get easier and easier for the Bears because they haven't done it in so damn long. You're going to luck into it, right? I mean, I know, I I know hope it's an incredibly so. hard task, but a lot of other teams are pretty good at doing it. And if you find that franchise guy, especially if he's really good, he'll stick around for probably a decade. Oh, yeah. I mean, once you find him, obviously wrap him up. Then It's just that – I hate to say it. It's just that simple, bud. But it is. If you it, find a franchise quarterback, that's what you need. Right, and, and you got to hold him to the national standard of excellence. Like I feel like when the Bears got Cutler and it was a whole to-do, and, and rightfully so. I mean I was excited, but – they would tell you at Bourbonnet, oh, my God, did you see what he's doing? Like, I've never seen a Bears quarterback throw that way. Or Trubisky, he's ready for 2.0 of this Bears offense. I'm like, no, 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 no. Take the Bears standards out of it. Yes. I, I, I don't, want, I, I don't care what a Bears quarterback has done. I want to know what the the best quarterback in the NFL has done and hold to that standard. And I think you, you, you got to get this. We got we're, Like, we're fitting a, a, the, the best of the Bears. Like, no, I, I, I want him to be... A Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. You could have had that guy, but Yeah, you could. I hate bringing it up. I hate it. I, I just love Patrick Mahomes so much and he's he's basically the face of the NFL, is the face of the NFL, and could have been a Bears jersey, but this is what it is. We have Mitch, who probably won't be here next year. No, probably not. So there's that. All right, well, that's going to do it for us today on the Believe in Chicago Sports podcast. Make sure to listen to us on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast. It's at Believe in Chicago on Twitter. I'm at Joey Gelman on Twitter. He's at Tweet Dan Collins on Twitter, part of the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. We'll be talking to you again uh, Thursday. We'll preview the Bears-Vikings Monday night matchup and uh, hopefully have some, you know, other interesting Chicago sports storylines along the way that we'll uh, break down and bring to you. But until then, uh, have an awesome rest of the week and uh, see you Thursday. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.